Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Knock On, brought to you by Zero Tackle. Dan, what a huge weekend of footy it has been. Finals week one done and dusted. We are off to week two of the finals, but there are some massive talking points. Hit me with it. Well, let's start with the big one, mate. Snack Whiten, Jack Biden. Snack Whiten, Jack Biden. Yeah, there's been some really good ones, hasn't there? Yeah, have I? Um, I said that he best try to win a chomp. I mean, comp. Why well, before he moves to the bunnies? So uh, very good. It's been fun, but what isn't fun is that he's been found guilty of biting and sentenced to or sentenced to adjudicated. He will miss three weeks. What are your thoughts on the decision? Do you feel it's lenient or do you feel it's just right? All right, let's play it out from start to finish to what could happen from here on in. On the field. Tyson Gamble, and this is this is where a lot of fans don't quite understand the process behind a bite. Uh, Tyson Gamble has made the allegation to the referee that there's a bite on my arm, and he's pointed to what clearly looked like a bite mark on his arm. Now, Ashley Klein did not see said bite, so cannot rule on it. I don't know if anyone watched Graham Annesley's uh, review on this, but specifically stated, Ashley Klein did not see it, therefore cannot have a ruling and cannot have an influence on the penalty of it. So he has to go to the bunker, right? Has to go to the bunker. And the bunker couldn't definitively say yes or no that there was a bite. Now, there were two obvious ones. Uh, is Ash Garner from the uh, females? Yep. NRLW and Kevin Proctor, where Kevin Proctor, you clearly see him lifting the skin off Sean Johnson's arm. I didn't see the the uh, one in the NRLW, but you... You heard the, the great thing about being mic'd up is you heard the interaction between Ashley Klein and the video referee. And he said, Is there a bite? Can you see a clear bite? And am I sending him off? Mm-hmm. And it was no, no, no. Just put it on report. Now, I've seen lots of people come out blaming Ashley Klein for this, saying Ashley Klein didn't have the stones to make a big decision. And most of those people were Newcastle fans. Ashley Klein had the stones of steel and literally gave you the decision to win the game. So he will make a big decision. He just wasn't allowed to, and he followed the rules exactly as it is. Um, Correct. Do I think that he bit him? Absolutely. Do I think that Tyson Gamble's arm should have been around Jack Whiten's face? No, but that's no excuse to that's no excuse to bite. Okay, we're not four, we're not five years old. Um, is it mitigating circumstances though? Well, yeah, I mean, if the if the here's the thing, right? If the video referee cannot see a clear and obvious bite. How can the NRL judiciary rule on it? How can I, they I, rule on it? I, yes, I, I agree with that. On Going back to Sunday, though, you and I discussed this on Outlaws. You mm-hmm. couldn't tell it was a clear bite. You couldn't rule out that it wasn't. It was probably was, but you can't send him off on probably. The, you know, they had maybe eight looks. Mm-hmm. The judiciary had multiple looks. They interviewed and spoke to numerous players, some who did themselves... A disservice more than anything, Jack White. Mm-hmm. How many games have you played? So it's a, it's a different process, and they don't have to decide. It's look, they they decided he bit him, but the fact that he got three weeks instead of six to eight says to me that they figured because mm, if they had proof that he bit him, he's gone for six to eight. Yeah. Now I agree, he he's bitten him, but when a bloke's put his hands in your your mouth, that's different to having your hand out here and reaching out and biting. That's what the mitigating circumstance, as silly as that may sound, that's why I believe he only got three weeks. Because the second well, I get, said he was guilty, I thought he was going for eight. Kevin Proctor got four weeks and it was an obvious bite. 
So I don't think he was going to go for six to eight weeks, but I, I, I'm with you. I think they've, you know, they've they've obviously just looked at the mark on Tyson Gamble's arm and said, well, that didn't get there by itself. True. Now, as an experiment, you can push your hand onto your teeth if you want. You're going to get teeth marks, but not like that. That looks deep. That looked imprinted. But my my problem with this is if the video referee has said, no, mate, I can't see a clear bite, and he's in the bunker, and they've got 13 camera angles or whatever it is, how have the judiciary then turned around and said, well, we'll throw that out the window, but we're going to find you guilty? Tell me, Dan, how have they done it? Look, I don't know. We've seen players sent off. We've seen players sent off and then not get suspended. We've seen Mm -hmm. things not get penalised and then be suspended for weeks upon weeks. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it is a lottery. I I think big props to uh, Ashley Klein. You're right. Newcastle going off their tree. I want them to step out and look at it from mutual fans. I think he got it right. Did he yep. bit him? Probably. Did he bite yep. him other? Probably. Three weeks yep. is three weeks. I think I got it right overall. Yep. Yeah. Did the Finns get it right in their first season? We're going to have a quick discussion about the uh, the inaugural season for the uh, the not Redcliffe Dolphins. I think. They did as much as they could because this was really rushed, right? And you got to take it back to when we introduced the Cowboys, the Warriors, the Western Reds in 1995. There were multiple seasons leading up to expansion. And then the Hunter Mariners were a bit part thrown together during Super League. The Adelaide Rams came in as well. But every time we've expanded, you generally get two or three seasons to plan. The NRL turned around and said, beginning of 2022, you've got a team in 2023. Good luck with your recruitment. So I think they did what they could because there weren't a lot of star players off contract. Mm -hmm. A lot of the star players that were off contract were off contract for next season. And they had a good chat with these players. Um, Obviously, you know, you got to remember last year when Reese Walsh said that he wanted out of the Warriors. Everyone thought he was going to the Dolphins, and the Warriors said, We won't release you if you go into the Dolphins. We'll keep you. It's well within our rights to keep you. You can go anywhere but Redcliffe. So he's ended up at the Broncos. Thank you. Cheers. Um, But players like Harry Grant, Brandon Smith, they thought that they were having a good crack at these, and it just turns out that the players were using them to get better terms and conditions at their club. I think for what they did and for what they had on paper, I picked them to come 11th. They finished 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I had I was a little bit higher on them and I think, you know, a couple of injuries probably cost them some games that they should have won. Could have won, should have won to finish around that 11th place. So I think it was a fair season. I think they've got the recruitment for 2024 bang on though. If you're, if you're, if you're talking about recruitment for 2024, they're A+. Herbie Farmworth, Tom Flegler straight away. And the fact that they were able to get out of Brinko Lee's contract, mm-hmm. nailed it. So it's been a good 12 months for the Finns. I agree. I was on record as saying if they don't finish last, it's a success. I looked at that squad and I thought, okay, their 1-17 to 17 is a little bit better than three or four teams. But their from 17 to the rest is absolute. Who are these guys? Now, we saw it. They started like a house on fire. They upset, you know, team after team after team. They spanked the Sharks at Magic Ground. They were flying. Soon as the injuries, the suspensions came in, they had no squad depth. Everyone and their dog could see this coming. I I think they outperformed any single, especially off the field, selling out pretty much every game they had, including some blockbusters. Huge, huge membership numbers as well. 
I think it's been a, a, a huge success on and off the park. I think the hammer was a signing of all signings. Like, you know, okay, Milford didn't work out, but they had to take the punt. They needed a bloke who played more than five games to partner Sean O'Sullivan at first. I know he got injured. It didn't work out. So what? But you look at it and you think, Lemu Lemu, fantastic signing. Aiken, fantastic signing. And Jermaine Asako was the big one, the point leading point scorer. You know, almost set the try set um, leading try scorer as well. So I think they've done very, very well. And yep. again, the squad depth wasn't there. Everyone knew it wasn't. They've recruited especially well. They've built a foundation now. But I think it's a huge, huge success. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, and, and as you said, like the hammer was integral for that because he was brilliant. But they got Herbie Farmworth. That is a transformational signing. Like he, like that, that automatically gives them a potent, two potent attacking weapons plus Jermaine Azarko. They've now got Tom Flegler who wants to step out of Painhouse's shadow and become a leader. Um, yeah, fantastic. Uh, it's been a great 12 months for the Dolphins. Absolutely agree. Another one that's been a fantastic, well, six or so months is your new favourite player, Tyson Gamble. Now, for those that missed it during the week, uh, Willie Mason was uh, was dragged. I think that's what the kids say, dragged. Did I say that right, Terry? On mm-hmm. social media for saying that outside of Kalen Ponga, the Newcastle Knights have a bottom three spine. I don't disagree with that. But Tyson Gamble has come out and said, get effed, Willie, get effed. What are your thoughts? Well, Willie Mason was on the podcast with Justin Horro, which is it's changed its name so many times. That was the horoscope. I don't even know what it's called now. Um, but he said, look, no one's doing video on Phoenix Crossland, Jackson Hastings and Tyson Gamble outside of Caelan Ponga. They do, they're not doing anything. Tyson Gamble was the second best player on, on the field on Sunday afternoon. The best player on the field was Caelan Ponga. Mm-hmm. By far. And I know Dominic Young had the highlights, but Tyson Gamble was absolutely sensational. And he's now come out and said, tell Willie to get effed. We are a bunch of blokes who just epitomise this squad. We go out and play. Yeah, we got Kalen Ponga. He's a superstar. He's a top three player in the game at the moment. But we, Kalen Ponga, can't do anything without us. And he's absolutely right. Now, a couple of years ago, Tyson Gamble was a meme. And we laughed when he went up to Brisbane and got named uh, in a in a squad against the Sharks and then turn into a man of match performance and beat us. And we've just watched this evolution of a player in the last 18 months and he just fits Newcastle. Like, if you were to think of what does a typical Newcastle person look like, it's Tyson Gamble. What does a typical Newcastle player play like? It's Tyson Gamble. And, oh, man, I'm thrilled. I love him. Uh, I mean, him and Caelan Ponga have made me appreciate Newcastle. I nearly bought a jersey. I wouldn't, but I nearly did. Never thought I'd hear those words. If I can get a Henny Penny Knights retro jersey in my size, I'll buy it. There we are. Anyone who's got a Henny Penny for sale, hit him up, hit Terry up. Uh, Look, I I love it. I, you know, we sit here and we make comments. When we're proven wrong, we cop grief. I'm all for it. I'm not one of these people that's going to say, oh, I never saw that. I never said that, even though it's on camera. Or say, oh, you're obsessed with me because you remembered something dumb I said a couple of months ago that really annoyed people when I said it. You caught, you say stupid things, you get called out. Willie Mace got called out, and I guarantee he doesn't, he doesn't care. But I saw some people say, oh, it wasn't very classy of Tyson Gamble. So what? Was it classy of Willie Mason to go on a podcast and swear his head off and say that Tyson Gamble was a terrible player? 
Absolutely not. Willie Mason's entitled to his, his opinion. I have no problem with it. Pre-season, I would have agreed to him with him. Yeah. I wouldn't say it now. They've just won nine games in a row before he said it. So perfect ten. To, perfect ten. Just a little time to you know on the on the Newcastle hate at least till they lose. So I get it, but I I get Tyson Gamble coming out and saying, "Well, mate, get it up, yeah. We've just won thousand games in a row. I'm fine personally. Jackson Hastings got injured, and I took Phoenix Crossland to a you know a, a semi final win. I think it's time to stand back and applaud these players. And good on them if they want to snap back, mate. I live for the day that Brake Bailey wins a grand final medal and says, "Hey, Terry and Dan, I did it." And you know what I'm going to say? Thank you, Thank mate. You. Do you know what though? Just just before just before we break before we take a break onto our next segment, Willie Mason wouldn't have cared that Tyson Gamble said that. It will be water off a duck's back, and I guarantee you, Willie Mason has probably been a bigger man to pick the phone up, send him a message, and say, "Good on you, I deserve that." Absolutely agree. Now, Terry, talk to me, Dan. We were going to do our normal dropkick and our Sydney segment. And we both click submit on what we're going to speak about at the exact same time. So what we're going to do is we're going to combine this and see how it goes. I'm going to let you go first because I'm a nice guy. Hopefully you don't take my main sticking point. But uh, the NRL has, well, they didn't announce, but it's come out that the uh, the backflip is back. Can you explain yeah, what this means and give us your thoughts? So, yeah, so the, the, the backflip, as they're calling it, is a 10-day cooling-off period like you get with every contract you sign. Mm. Whether you buy a house, a gym membership, car, brand new car, whatever, you've got 10 days to back out of it, right? And I don't think that the NRL absolutely abolished it. I think they gave the players the right to waive their 10-day cooling-off period. But I think some clubs have now come out and said, no, no, we don't want that. We want we want the 10 days, right? If you're going to go and sign somewhere, we want 10 days. So basically now, on November 1, let's just, let's just pick a random player. Let's pick Jerome Luai. On November 1, Jerome Luai signs a multi-million dollar deal with the Cronulla Sharks. Essentially, this gives Penrith until the 11th of November to turn his head, right? Now, here's the thing for mine. I'm okay with it because it's with every contract that you get, you you, you do get that 10-day cooling off period, right? Like, I challenge you now, go to your local gym, it'll tell you you've got 10 days to pull the pin on it, right? With, with no cost. I just think... It's a risk for clubs to announce the signing before the 10-day cooling-off period because then you'll look foolish, okay? Mm -hmm. So if Cronulla signed Jerome Luai on the 1st of November, I don't want them to announce it until the 12th of November because you look ridiculous if you announce it on the 2nd of November and on the 10th of November, Jerome Luai turns around and goes, I'm staying at Penrith for four years. That's all I'll say on it, right? And I'm, I'm I'm glad. I don't think the NRL even need to make this public, right? But you know, someone's someone's gone and stuck their nose in the media because they have to, just to make some ridiculous ruling during the final series. Just let us enjoy the finals, right? But I, if you're a club and you've signed a player, announce it on the eleventh day. Don't announce it on the first. Don't announce it on the seventh. Don't even announce it on the ninth because you you announce it the morning of the ninth. I guarantee you that player is backing out on, you know, so, yeah, just don't do it. Look, exactly right. I think you're overall correct in that I don't think this ever went away. I think it was a players could say, hey, yeah, no worries and sign. Now, maybe they could still do that. I don't know. It hasn't fully come out yet. My big worry on this is that a player is going to use it as a negotiating tactic 
or more specifically, a player agent is going to use it as a, a tactic. They're going to go to the West Tigers and sign a deal and say, cool, announce it. The Tigers are going to say, ah, we're going to wait 10 days. And they're going to say, no, no, announce it now. It's important that we get it out there. Then that player agent's going to go back to whoever they're with and go, hey, see, we're very serious about going. We've signed a contract. Here's what we want, or I'm going over there. And the club's going to say, well, we've only got a couple of days to figure this out. They're going to sign a deal. I have no doubt in the world that this happens anyways, but I think you'll find that stories of it will come out now because you go back years and years. Daily Chair even signed for the Titans. They trumpeted it. They stopped recruiting. They pulled because they spent a million dollars a season or whatever it was at the time. It was ridiculous. Only for Dahlia Chair Evans to backflip. You know, we saw James Tedesco sign with the Raiders. The Raiders are cool. We're going to build around this young superstar. He pulls the pin and he re-signs with the Tigers. It's harmful and I hate it. 10 days is 10 days. If I sign something and then magically another club, the club comes back to me and goes, hey, we've actually found an extra 500K. Okay, I can understand a play gun. You know what? I get it. But even without the cooling off period, you can sign somewhere and in six months' time something happens, you can go to the club and say, oh, I want out and discuss it. I don't think anything's really going to change except I guarantee you a player agent, not going to name which, it'll be all of them, is going to use this as a negotiating tactic and I hate it. Yeah, the other thing for mine, just before we go on that, Dan, if I'm, if I'm a player, if I'm an NRL player, and you know I'm playing for the Sharks and I go to the Sharks and say, my market value says... I'm with 500 grand a year and for four years. And they turn around and say, we only value at $350,000 for four years. So if you can go and get 500 grand elsewhere, go and get 500 grand. If I go and sign for, you know, let's say I go and sign for the Broncos, four years, $500,000. And then Cronulla on the seventh day turn around and go, you know, actually, we'll give you the $500,000. As a player, wouldn't you just turn around and go, where was this? When I was going to sign and why are you doing it now? So here's a rule that I want in place on this backflip and this 10 day contract, right? You can't exceed the contract that they've signed. So if I go and sign a $500,000 deal with the Brisbane Broncos, you can't entice me with $600,000. You have to match it. You have to, you can only put forward the exact same terms and conditions as the Broncos did. You can't go over the top of them because you had all this time to do it and you, you didn't value the player and you've allowed them to walk, now someone else has valued him at 500000 You can't all of a sudden value him at $600,000 just to get him to stay. Got off from the same terms and conditions. Like a restricted free agent in the NBA, you sign an offer sheet. In the NBA, you've got three days, I think it is, to match it. Here we've got 10 days. You take the offer sheet, you show it to your club, they've got 10 days to match it. If they match it, you can stay or you can go. Well, there you go. That'll stop the uh, the player agents, those dirty player agents. I like it. I think we've just solved a um, a potential issue. Dan. Talk to me, Terry. Time for the set restart, mate. We got rid of Ben Cummins, but you and I will keep the tradition of the six agains. Maybe only five. What's going on? Talk to me. The NRL buys a hotel. Now, we all know the, uh, the NRL has these hush funds and these marquee player funds and these funds funds and all these sorts of things. They've come out and bought a hotel. And just coincidentally, it's right next door to Shark Park. Do you like it? I love it. I mean, like, I don't hate it. Anytime the NRL are going to put any money near Cronulla, you know, you've, you've got to enjoy it, right? I think this comes, it's perfect timing. On Saturday, Peter Volandis has turned around and said that he's going to the government to push for money for a stadium upgrade at Cronulla because Dina Mezzatesta is stubborn and he will not move the Sharks out of the Shire. So 
to continue to not cop the backlash of finals footy and to continue to grow and promote the game and, and get the, the, you know, the girls solid changing sheds and to get the center of excellence and to put, you know, 5,000 seats in there. He wants to fund it and to show that he is serious about keeping the sharks in the Shire. They've gone and invested in the hotel next door. Uh, if you read it, it's nothing earth shattering. It's basically just so teams on their away days can stay next door without having to travel anywhere. Now, there's a story behind this, and I believe it's when the Sharks played the Brisbane Broncos on Saturday night this year mm-hmm. that the Broncos stayed uh, at the Ridges in Cronulla and decided to leave a little bit later than they normally would and got hammered in traffic. <laughs> now, it didn't do anything to their performance because they went out <laughs> and hammered the Sharks, but just having that opportunity to... Check in early. Know that you're at the hotel. Walk over to the ground when you need to use the train. The you know when you need to train and use the facilities. Gives clubs like the Warriors that stability. Gives all the the travelling teams up as well. And a team like Canberra, right now, it doesn't sound like much, but Canberra is a three hour drive home. And if we finish, if we play at seven thirty on a Saturday night, the game finishes by the time you finish your media commitments and everything else. The game finishes at eleven o'clock. By the time they get home, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. They've just got that nice facility next door. So I think it's a good move. And I'm all for it if the NRL can can do that for every team. They've done it in Brisbane. They bought a hotel on Caxton Street, apparently. If they can do it. Like, if they can invest... There's a hotel at Penrith. If they can invest in the hotel at Penrith. If they can invest in hotels anywhere for every club, I'm all for it. The more that they can do to keep teams where they are and the more that they can do to ensure that it's a healthy and strong competition, I'm all for it. It just Absolutely so happens great. that it's at Cronulla and get it up, yeah. Good. We deserve this. Now, look, I've seen some people come out and say this is their way of backending the Sharks and saving them. So nothing to do with this. The NRL is diversifying what they own because without, you know, a repeat of what happened in 2020 and early 2021, hotels are pretty much foolproof. They're usually full. You find that no matter what, how many hotels go up, you think, oh, how's that going to feel? People are going to stay there. How many times have we gone to you book a place in Cronulla and the ridges are charging ridiculous amounts? Because they can, because it's the only real one. Now, of course, the quest across the road, now there's a quest at Cronulla. I think it's genius. If they need someone to run the hotel, give me a call. I've done it before for many, many years, and I guarantee I'll look after the Broncos when they come down. Early wake-up calls for all. But on a serious note, I think I think this is genius, and I think it is, uh, as you said, it's perfect for game days. And they will turn over a good profit as long as they run it well. I saw a ridiculous reach on this though, right? And someone someone compared this to now that the NRL owner and a Cronulla fan is apparently going to run the hotel, that you're going to get a lot of Jordan food poisoning games. No, you're not. Shut up. Like what a ridiculous reach. Go away. I've had many, many oppositions stay in hotels that I've worked at. I've guaranteed you I've never food poisoned any of them. But, uh, mate, I don't know how to transition to this one, but the Penrith Panthers have come out and they've signed two players, one of superstar potential and one who's pretty darn good. Now, I joked during the week that Alamotti signing from the Bulldogs would be turned into a bench utility and re-signed for the Bulldogs in a couple of years. Of course, that was in jest. They're losing a pretty handy centre and they've signed a bloke who can push who they have for that centre spot. I think you're going to see a superstar in Alamotti. 
And Schneider's just going to fit right on in where Cogger and Sean O'Sullivan have is being fringe first grade halves that become first choice elsewhere. Yeah, look, let, let's. Uh, I won't touch the Alamody one for a minute. Let's just talk about Schneider, right? He signed a one year deal knowing that he's going to get his opportunities during Origin and he's going to get his opportunities when Jerome Luai does something dumb and gets himself suspended. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's when he's going to do it. Now, Nathan Cleary always picks up a, a random injury as well. So Schneider's probably looking at that going, I've got eight games to show that I am a star. Now, look at Jack Cogger. He's played four games during the year, and one of them was a finals game, or five games mm-hmm. during the year. One of them has been a finals game. So um, it's Schneider has done great for his career in the last six months. Canberra just weren't playing him. Right for whatever reason, they were picking Frawley over him, and we saw this guy make his debut in round one last year against Cronulla and kick us off the park. Okay, so he's gone to Hull, really, you know, playing playing good footy over there. Probably could have signed long term as well, but he's backing himself to to come over and get himself an NRL deal because there are a lot of old halves in the competition, and there are a lot of halves in the competition that don't have a nailed on partner. Look at the Sharks, for example. Started with Matt Moyle and you got Braden Trindle who didn't stand out in the finals. And he's probably looking at that going, geez, if I don't have eight good games there, maybe I'll get two years at Cronulla. Maybe Canberra will actually see me for my value. So I think that's smart. The Alamodi signing terrifies the life out of me. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who debuted at 18 years old, has been chased by Rugby Australia because they know how much talent he has. And they have allowed him to walk into the Panthers team. Now, um, there was another center that Penrith were looking at uh, named Kay Lero, And it's come down to the choice of who was going to sign first. And Paul Alamodi got, got you know, he, he just, he was the first one. He, he was getting, he got released from the dogs. He's gone there and signed, right? There was, Kay Lero's got a contract with Cronulla for 2024. So um, this, this is a signing now where they've got a center spot open for with, with Stephen Crichton. He goes there and has a huge preseason. And you've got to have a look at it. Like Isaac Tago or Tungo is nailed on. Have mm. a look at the other people that they've got there. Tom Jenkins has been great in New South Wales Cup. Hasn't really made the transition. They've got Jesse McLean, more winger than centre. Talon May, only ever played on the wing. And Tyrone Peachy. Alamodi's probably looking at that going, great off-season, puts me right in ahead of him. And you could probably see Talon May playing New South Wales Cup because he's come back from an ACL injury. Mm-hmm. He goes there for one year and has an absolute ripper. Penrith have got themselves a, a, a great centre and they re-sign him for a couple of years. Oh, man. How they've allowed him to walk to Penrith is just baffling. The sky's the limit. Local junior, he and Avrilo were, were the two coming in that you try and build your club around. They've let them both go. I, I don't get it. Like, I, I'm i at a loss. Now, you and I had a bit of a laugh at Alamotti's expense just because of some silly stuff said by other fans. Comes down to it, I would have loved him to play at Newtown next year with an eye to moving him up into the centre spot that Talakai will move. Put him and Eero on separate sides and say one of years is going to be our future centre. Go and earn it. Because going back to two years ago, Kayla Eero was the undisputed New South Wales Cup player of the year. Head and shoulders above. Too good cheat code. Alamotti bodied him in a prelim final, made him look like an am- absolute amateur. We knew he was going to be a star. Okay, the Bulldogs, it's not a good system. I don't think I'm breaking any news down. I don't mean to be unfair, but I don't think that is unfair. The system at the moment is not good. 
he jumped in, he played wing, he played center. I think they put him at fullback for a game, unofficially, played some time there. He went to the middle. They had no idea how to use this kid. What they should have done was sit him in New South Wales Cup and say, look, you've had a taste of first grade. Go back, get your fundamentals right. You're going to be a superstar. Just be patient. They didn't. They rushed him. They flipped him. They disrespected him. And then they wouldn't offer him a contract. Was talking was going to go to the Cowboys. I think that was thrown up to say, oi, I'm serious about going. Where is it? Penrith's come along. You cannot blame this kid for jumping. He's going to be a superstar, Penrith. Mark my words. I'm happy someone cropped this and remind me in three years that I said this because this kid's going to be a star. It's like every time you see Nick Meany go to down to play on the Craig Bellamy at the Storm, you just know, and I just know this kid's going to be a star in the Cleary. I cannot believe that the Bulldogs let him go. I'm glad they did, though, for his sake because he's walking into an absolute gem of a system. Now, Terry, rep football is back. Kind of. It is. It's kind of back. The Prime Minister's 13 uh, squad was was named today uh, of the teams that didn't make the finals and bowed out in the first week of the competition. So let's quickly go in alphabetical order. Josh Adekar, Daly Cherry Evans, Vice-Captain, Ruben Cotter, Tom Dean, Tino Faasu Mowali, Omre Gula, Ben Hunt, Nico Hines, Alofi, uh, oh, Alofinia, Khan Pereira, Zach Lomax, Cam McInnes, Cam Murray, captain, mm-hmm. Reese Robson, Tyrell Sloan, Hammer, Murray Tualangi, Jake Travojevic, Cody Walker, and Hudson Young. Yeah, that's a that's a top squad. That is a freakishly good squad of players that aren't playing finals football or anymore. There are a couple there. Like that, that squad there would literally go and win the World Cup. It very well could. It is great. Like, I, I'm okay. Look, I, I have my doubts whether the Prime Ministers actually pick these sides, but I have no doubt that, you know, he and he and the former Prime Minister, both big rugby league fans, would have said, oh, you know, we must have so and so. I think that's. I mean, he's picked it because Cam Murray's the captain. Well, I was going to say there's a reason our bunny is the captain over Daly Cherry Evans, but mate, and I really like this squad, yeah. and I think they're going to do some damage with the greatest of respects. Yeah, they, they generally do. Now, this game here isn't for um, anything other than to take a game to Papua New Guinea and to pump some very well needed resources into that country and into the grassroots footy over there. You also got to remember that PNG have got an off-season tournament, so they're probably going to use this as a great hit out. Now, Justin Olam, who is going to be the feature player for PNG, regardless of his form at Melbourne, will not be there because Melbourne is still in the finals. But they're, they're still going to knock out a, a pretty good squad. Oh, sorry, AJ as well. Oh, no, AJ AJ will be able to play for PNG. Um, but, yeah, look, I think you, you name this squad and you know Australia is going to go and win. But the fans over there don't care. We've seen them storm the pitch to get a, a photo with their favourite player after 10 minutes. We've seen them running after the bus, blocking the bus. Like, this is – it's really what it's all about. Like, no one remembers the score. Everyone just remembers what what is happening over there. I think it's great. Like, I don't they, – they, they never used to televise it, and then all of a sudden they did. This is the great thing about it, is that now mm-hmm. we get to watch it. Do you remember the greatest moment in this fixture's history? Where, where... ScoMo ran out. The water bottle. Yeah, well, that too, where Peter Beattie stood and held the camera up and live streamed it on Facebook. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, that was that was fantastic as well. It was, especially the time where he had it on selfie mode for a couple of minutes and didn't realise. But uh, he did. That was genius. And yeah, this game needs to be televised because it is a fun fixture. And 
like you said, this isn't about the result. Who cares? This is about getting some of the best players in the world. And do not mm-hmm. get me wrong. If you name Cherry Evans, Nico Hines, Ben Hunt, and they're just your halves that aren't playing finals football anymore. That's Cody Walker. Yeah, it is it is ridiculous. Like, these are origin quality halves that are going to go over for a couple of days to a week. Get into that culture. It helps the players. It helps the kids over there and the adults. Well, I just, I love this and I will not hear anything negative on it. I don't care if Australia win 140 nil or 140 to one because I guarantee you that one point will be cheered like it's a match winner, just like we've seen in the World Cup. I, yeah. I think it's fantastic. And, and the, the NRLW has named a team as well. Um, and it's of rising stars because there's a couple of players who aren't in the NRL W that have been named into this team. And there's also some veterans going over there as well. Again, all players who aren't playing finals footy. So congratulations to all the females that have been selected. We'll run through that team list quickly as well. Uh, Tegan Berry, Kennedy Cherrington, vice-captain, uh, Ruben Cherrington, Abby Church, Keisha Lee Colwell, Quincy Dodd, uh, Sharks legend, Kayla Fleming, Talisha Harden is the captain from North Queensland. Congratulations to her. Kimberly Hunt, Emma Manzelman, uh, Jasmine Morrissey, Rachel Pearson, Christian Pio, China Pilata, probably the best name in NRLW, uh, Tiana Rafstrand Smith, uh, Tenika Todd Hunter, that's a pretty good name as well, Casey Toihiku, uh, Batel Vete Walsh, Jakia Whitfield and Janelle Williams probably butchered all their names. Don't care. Congratulations, girls. It's going to be fantastic. A lot of a lot of big names there, but a lot of names that in three years you're going to go. Oh, remember when? So um, again, absolutely. Just a bit upset. Jada Taylor didn't make the team. If you're going for emerging stars, yeah, cool. Yeah, speaking of emerging stars, Terry, we've seen a potential superstar in Cy Wong emerge. Goes with emerging stars over the past six or seven mm-hmm. weeks, including a second or third best on ground at worst against Cronulla in a semi final, out of position largely. This kid's a freak, and he's been charged, uh, being chased rather by not only several NRL clubs in brackets. I don't have confirmation of that, but also mm-hmm. rugby because he is eligible for Australia, New Zealand, I believe Tonga, and I believe one of the islands as well. And I think there was a fifth. I can't remember. Sorry, I should check that before. But this guy is pretty much a tug of war with anyone who's anyone. And I would love to see Cronulla join that race. Obviously, it may not be possible. He's going to be able to name his price, name his game, because he played lots of rugby union growing up too. This kid could be anything. The Roosters find themselves in a real hard position about this as well. And I've been told that if they keep Wong, they're going to lose one of Nafu White and Terrell Matt. Jeez. So... They, they probably weren't expecting to pay this kid as much money as they needed to, and they're probably cursing the fact that they've given him an NRL debut and he's been so good. But he is fantastic. Like He's so good that you're probably also going up to Satili Tupanua and saying, if you can get a contract elsewhere, off you go. Now, people thought that the offsetting of Fletcher Baker would help in this situation here, but Terrell May, Nafu White, and Sue Wong have been so good that they're probably not just going to sign a minimum wage deal now. They can probably go and double that mm-hmm. uh, and get, get an extra year out of it as well. Um, the one thing that we have to do is keep him away from rugby union. I understand he's got a rugby background, etc. whatever. Don't let him go to rugby union. He has to stay in the NRL. Like, he has got superstar potential written all over him. And he could be 
like the Dolphins, for example, we've just we've called Herbie Farmworth a transformational signing. So could this kid. He's that good. Him and Lemuelu on the edges would be terrifying. You got Tom Gilbert coming back into that mix as well. Um, really good player. Really, really good player. I don't care where he goes. Hopefully, it's in the black, white, and blue. It just can't be. Like he can't go over and watch his mate kick field goals for a living. He has to stay in the NRL. No, exactly right. Now, the reason rugby are in it is because there's a British and Irish Lions tour coming up, and there's also a World Cup in the next cycle. So they'll be going hard for him. But you're exactly right. Uh, you're exactly right. This I didn't even know the Rugby World Cup was on now. Yeah, no, me neither. No one cares about rugby. So you are, if you're watching and we know you are, please stay in our great game and come join us at Cronulla. I'll cook you dinner, mate, because you are a freak. But, mate, we're going to throw an extra one in here because I'm angry. I'm furious, in fact. The New South Wales Cup prelim final is on this weekend. And you know where you can watch it? On a Facebook stream. That's not good enough. We have Queensland Cup on KO and we have this on a Facebook stream. Now, I watch the Facebook stream of the Jersey flag, which I completely get isn't made for TV. I understand that. 330 people watching. Junior South Wales Cup, it got up to about 420. Then it dropped down to 200. 200 people watching the next superstars of our game is not good enough. This needs to be on KO. There are cameras everywhere. If they need a commentator, you and I can go do it for free. Just give us the experience. Point one camera like they do for the New South Wales Cup, just put it on KO. Put it on KO Sport 96 where 500 people can join in because I guarantee you that fans of both clubs this week, especially the long-suffering Bears, will be there watching it. And we got – they're playing the Warriors, mate. Everyone's got Warriors fever at the moment and they want more, more, more. But 300 people will log in on a Saturday afternoon if they remember on a Facebook stream that drops in and out. This sucks and I hate it. Are you telling me that they couldn't – put this game on at one o'clock on Saturday afternoon, featuring the Warriors in a lead up to a game against the Newcastle Knights on Saturday afternoon. You couldn't get like, that is a way to maximize viewer potential, right? At the same time, I heard you turn around and just say then that they, you don't think the Jersey flag should be shown during the season. No, but absolutely the finals of our next big superstars. Like it pisses me off that they don't even show the SG Ball and Harold Matthews finals. Mm. Because there are some fantastic players in that competition that you hear. Like Riley Pollard for Penrith. Gone mm. and signed for Cronulla. We got no viewing of him this year. None whatsoever. So I, I they, they're missing a trick on this one here. And you're absolutely right. Put me and you in a tin shed at Henson Park. I'll commentate life out of it. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. To find out that the New South Wales Cup is not being shown, but we've shown the Queensland Cup. And the New South Wales Cup is the far superior product. Of course it is. It's amazing. Do you remember a couple amazing. of years, Terry, do you remember a couple of years ago at the uh, Combank or Bank West or whatever it was that week? Yep. Where the mighty Newtown Jets won the grand final in extra time with one of the plays of the well forever, Billy McGulley's kick. Like mm-hmm. ever. And then the Will Kennedy trying in the post. That drew huge numbers in front of a big, big crowd, and it was all anyone was talking about because it was the last game of the weekend before the next week's grand final festivities. And it ruled. And now you're going to log into a Facebook stream, sit there going, oh, geez, I hope the stream doesn't drop out. KO, get on it. Give Terry and I a call. We'll come out and commentate this Saturday, Sunday. I don't care where it is. We'll do it from home if we need to. Just get it on TV. 
Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Knock On, brought to you by Zero Tackle. Fantastic website, everybody there works really, really hard apart from Scott. Uh, Dan, what have we got on the website this week and uh, how can we get more content? Well look, I'm going to continue my recent tradition of making friends. I've written a What's Gone Wrong for Cronulla, which I'll drop in the groups probably by the time this lands tomorrow, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm not expecting it to be overly popular, but it was brutal and it was honest, which I believe is more important. Than it, was, it was a great read. It was a great read. Thank you, mate. And I've got one about Canberra going up very early in the morning. So Scott's just doing the last edits now. Um, no, he's too not. Very yeah, well, he's, he's, doing, he's pretending to do the last edit. But it was a very complimentary. But again, they got bounced in the final. They probably should have won. So I'm... Uh, I make no apologies, mate, but check in. we got a heap of grand final stuff coming up. Heaps of finals, lots of lists. I'll be bringing back my world-famous top 10 in each position, which, you know, last year went ballistic and not uh, not very positive, which made me which made me feel good right in my cold, dead heart. So. Now, just, just quickly on this as well, my favourite app uh, is the League Live app because it's the most up-to-date and it's not the NRL app. And I got a notification the other day from League Live of 20 thoughts from week one of the finals or 20 thoughts from round 27 and I opened it up and there you were Dan so fantastic zero tackle just seems to be everywhere the boys do exceptional work they've put us on this podcast it's absolutely smashing it make sure you support it in any way you can go there for your stories go there for your news and gossip go there for your podcasts I'm Terry joined by Dan we're out